Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker. and We are pleased to be joined today by Lucas Panzeca, host and producer of 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. He's going to be jumping on with us to talk about what we can expect for the Titans in the upcoming 2021 season. Before we get into all of that, I want to ask, do you believe? And now a word from our sponsor, Believe in Titans, is presented by Bet Online. July is underway and a great month for sports. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you can find it. From the NBA Finals to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Lucas, we appreciate you joining us here today, man. How are things going in the great city of Nashville right now? Man, it's been great. It has been uh, a news-loaded summer. And uh, June and July, where usually things are, are kind of creeping to a slow crawl and you're just counting down the days to football, it's been like news dump after news dump. We have not had a single week where we're sitting there looking at each other in the green room before a show saying, what the hell do we talk about today? Today was Pecorine announcing he's, he's retiring at 38 years old for the Nashville Predators. I mean, obviously the College World Series – a couple months ago, Julio Jones, that occupied about three weeks of just good, strong content on our airwaves. So, man, it has been an awesome summer and football season is going to come around and I'm going to feel like I've barely been able to catch my breath, but I'm here for it. No, I'm right there with you. I mean, we're looking at what, two weeks from when fall camp starts or from when training yeah. camp starts. So it's two weeks. It, it's crazy how it's really like, I mean, it's been slow, but it's been fast at times too. And I'm with you. I can't wait for it to get started. And Lucas, the first thing I kind of wanted to ask is, obviously, you mentioned it. It's been an eventful summer. What do you think the Titans' biggest offseason move that they have made so far, which move do you think is going to have the biggest impact for this team moving forward? Well, the easy answer would be Julio Jones, right? But honestly, I'm going to say Bud Dupree because when you look at the Titans' offense without Julio Jones, and we'll just put Corey Davis in place of Jones in that discussion, what they were able to accomplish, and then what their ultimate playoff ceiling was with the defense they had and the 
pass rush or lack thereof at the end of the season. I mean, tied for the playoff team with the least amount of sacks in regular season, right, with only 19 by the end of the year. So uh, I think it is that, that addition of Bud Dupree from the Pittsburgh Steelers because I think the Titans will go in the playoffs as far as this pass rush will take them. That's by far been their biggest deficiency over the last two years. Somehow it took a big step back last season. I mean, remember we ended that AFC championship game thinking that was the number one thing this team needed to fix. They devoted as much as many resources towards that as anything else that offseason with Davian Clowney and Vic Beasley. We all saw how that turned out. They cannot go 0 for 2, so to speak, on the pass rush this year. So I still think, despite the addition of Julio Jones, Bud Dupree is the most important to this team's ultimate playoff success. Do you think the addition of Bud Dupree is going to really help open things up for Harold Landry on the other side of the ball? Yes, but I think it's more will Harold Landry be able to open things up for Bud Dupree on that other side of the ball because you saw what he was able to accomplish alongside Cam Hayward and TJ Watt in Pittsburgh. Uh, so Harold Landry cannot be your number one guy, but can he be your number two, number three guy off the edge? And on top of all of that, the addition of Danico Autry from the Indianapolis Colts right next to Jeffrey Simmons. No interior defensive lineman was doubled more than Jeffrey Simmons in the 2020 NFL season. So having Autry next to him, a guy who came in, if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong about this, seven and a half sacks from, from 2020 of the Colts. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, that's a huge boost for a front seven that desperately needed that help. So, uh, so yes, I don't think it's only Harold Landry in that discussion, but Rashad Weaver, the rookie out of Pitt, assuming everything with his legal case back home is settled. And then, of course, Danico Autry in the middle of that defensive line. I think on paper, it looks like Bud Dupree has the help he needs. Uh, the question is, will he be healthy and ready to go by week one? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, when you look at health and, and the Titans right now, too, I mean, the other, if we're going to flip to the other side of the trenches, you're looking at Taylor Lewan at left tackle. Is he going to be healthy coming back from that knee injury? And when you do look at this offensive line, you're returning a lot of production. And it looks as though we got four out of five guys set to start, assuming everyone's healthy. But that was another thing is like, what can Titans fans expect to see from that right tackle position? Like, what is that battle going to look like? During training camp, I mean, in your opinion, is there a, a clear-cut favorite to take on that spot? Not right now, between Kendall Lamb and Dylan Radins, right, at right tackle. I think Radins is starting in that spot by week three or four. Uh, like, if you're Kendall Lamb, uh, you know, don't get hurt. And that might sound obvious, but if you're Kendall Lamb and you're starting the first two, three weeks of the year, and then maybe you go down, you tweak something, and Radins is able to step in and play well, that's Dylan Radins' job. I mean, that's why they drafted him in the second round out of North Dakota State. So I do think by midseason we see Dylan Radins at that right tackle spot because that's why they drafted him. I kind of see Kendall Lamb as a stopgap there from the Cleveland Browns last year in that acquisition. But it's going to be an interesting battle. I'll be surprised if Radins is the day one guy as a rookie who played several different positions, was not kind of a was not a right tackle for the entirety of his college career. He has a lot to learn in that sense. Offensive line coach Keith Carter is going to be instrumental in his development early on, but uh, I think he starts by midseason, but early on, I'd be very surprised if Raiders is starting at that spot as Brooke. And Denard, I think you had a question for Lucas as it relates to this, as far as how this offense is looking to change after going through yet another offensive coordinator. Yeah, I just wanted to know what would be Todd Downer's mentality entering this 2021 season as the offensive uh, play caller this year. Well, he talked about it a little bit after after OTAs and after minicamp where uh, he was asked a lot. He kept getting asked this mm -hmm. question about what a Todd Downing offense is going to look like, a Todd mm -hmm. Downing offense. He, he kind of reset everything. He kind of stopped right and said, listen, this isn't a Todd Downing offense. This is a Tennessee Titans offense. 
So I think that's where Arthur Smith really excelled. And Todd Downing had a significant hand in the Titans red zone offense under Arthur Smith. So I don't expect to see a lot of things differently, but I, I do go against this notion that his job just got that much easier because of the addition of Julio Jones. I'd argue maybe he got a little more challenging because I mean, if you're tied downing, the pressure is on now, right? The Titans really need to replicate what they did in 2020 and the onus is going to be on him. We also had Ted Wynn on a big film study guy of the athletic looking back at Downing's time as the offensive coordinator uh, in Vegas when he was the Raiders OC, I believe it was 2016, uh, went 6-10 and 10 that year despite Derek Carr being a Pro Bowl as an alternate, being a Pro Bowl quarterback. Uh, and when the biggest takeaway for him was did not do enough play action uh, that the Titans obviously love to do with Derrick Henry. So that's going to be interesting to see that wrinkle in Todd Downing in 2021 if he's able to evolve from his time as, as the Las Vegas Raiders OC. He spent plenty of time under Arthur Smith the tight ends coach, obviously, like I said, his involvement with the red zone. So I don't expect this offense to look very different. Uh, the question is, you know, will they throw the ball when it's time to throw the ball? Will they continue to hand it off into eight-man boxes when Julio Jones and A.J. Brown have that matchup? So I think he's going to have to toe that line pretty well. Lucas, you mentioned Todd Downing and obviously his time as the Titans tight ends coach. Years past, we have really have known who the clear-cut number one tight end is on this team when you go back to the days of Delaney Walker, then into Jonu Smith developing at that position. Now jonu has gone on to New England, and this position is not near as deep as we were probably, a lot of fans were hoping, especially whenever you do kind of look at where we've been in the past. And the Titans decided not to really address it during the offseason, whether through free agency or the draft. What do you expect to see from, like, are, are we still going to be running as many two tight end sets? Are they going to go more three wide receiver sets? With Todd Downing and him talking, I mean, has he gotten into that from what you've heard? Not quite, and that's still kind of the unknown. And the thing with Anthony Berkser is uh, I think that's basically your slot receiver in a lot of cases. And he was a lot of times last year, just the way he lined up throughout the season. I think you're going to see a lot of three receiver sets with Berkser as your slot guy. And when you look at that tight end depth chart, guys like Jeff Swain, Tommy Hudson on the practice squad, I mean, these are blocking tight ends. And then you never know what the possibility of a guy like uh, uh, Briley Moore, the undrafted free agent out of Kansas State, or uh, who am I thinking of? Jared Pinckney from Vanderbilt, who obviously had so much promise going into his senior year, and he saw how his draft stock fell. Those guys are kind of the unknowns. And we've talked to people that believe that the Titans are still going to add a tight end. I have a hard time seeing it. I have a hard time seeing them take on kind of a veteran contract at this point. Certainly, they could use the help there. But look, if anybody's really going to benefit from the addition of Julio Jones, you could talk about Ryan Tannehill. You could talk about Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown all you want. Uh, Anthony Ferkser is going to benefit from the addition of Julio Jones and Josh Reynolds and what A.J. Brown does in this offense. That dude might be running free down the middle of the field nine times out of ten. So uh, I don't. I would be surprised at this point if the Titans continue to add to that position. I think they're happy with where they're at. I'm right there with you. I also look at it from a cap standpoint. You mentioned the contract. There's just not really the – the way, I mean, unless they're going to like look to cut somebody else, but when you kind of look at some of the depth of other positions, I don't necessarily think that'd be wise just to get another tight end, especially after you went and took on Julio Jones's contract while you're just kind of looking at the receiving core. Now, you mentioned Josh Reynolds just then, and we obviously know that AJ and Julio, I don't think many people are arguing that on paper there's a better duo at wide receiver in the NFL right now, but let's say we fall behind those guys. Julio last year, I know for majority of his career, he's been healthy but let's say he does sustain some sort of injury. AJ, he's coming back off of some knee issues as well. But when you look farther down that depth chart, I mean, what do the Titans do if they're not getting the production they necessarily need from 
AJ or Julio or one of them, unfortunately, is not able to go. So you rewind back to, I guess, three months ago, two months ago, before the Titans signed Julio Jones. And you were looking at Josh Reynolds as your number two receiver. And the conversation was, what's the bigger concern with this offense? Is it wide receiver behind A.J. Brown or is it at the tight end position? Josh Reynolds was your number two guy. Uh, and now with Julio Jones coming in, uh, here's a guy in Reynolds who is used to playing behind a number one and two receiver as Cooper Cup and, and uh, Robert Woods at, in the, at the L.A. Rams where he was before. and. Those two guys got hurt on and off a good bit, especially Cup in 2020. So Reynolds actually was able to produce a little bit last season, over 600 yards. I mean, it was two years ago. He had eight touchdowns in one season. So here's a guy who's experienced enough that can step into that number two role if needed. And I think the Titans really like Des Fitzpatrick, the guy they traded up for in the fourth round of the draft out of Louisville. A few people were scratching their heads at that point. Maybe there's some receivers that they really liked at that point that they thought the Titans should have grabbed on on day two instead of day three. But Des Fitzpatrick, by all accounts, has impressed throughout OTAs in minicamp. That's obviously an incredibly small sample size. But here's a guy who, who's a bit of a burner. He can stretch the field vertically. Uh, they really like these big, big, physical, statured wide receiver. Fitzpatrick fits that mold. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get some reps, especially if one of those guys goes down. So, uh, look, they are just with the number one and two of Brown and Julio Jones. And then right behind them with Reynolds and Destin Patrick. I think the Titans are more than satisfied with what they've got at the wide receiver core in, in terms of the depth. I'm really excited this year just to get a preseason because I'm very intrigued about how that unit stacks up, especially whenever you get into the, the latter parts of, well, are the Titans going to look to take five or six guys at the receiver position and who's going to get those spots? I do, I do think it's kind of weird whenever you look back. I mean, a name you've not heard much over the last several months, but kind of at the end of last season, you're like the Titans camp was really, or coaching staff was really high on Nick Westbrook-Ikeen. And so it's like, does he look to get into the mold at all? And I, I just, I don't know, that's probably the unit I'm most excited to follow from a, just a, D Denard's had to cover a lot of wide receivers. He knows they usually are kind of a, the diva position. They're the ones that kind of bring the <laughs> drama. So. Yeah, but I want to go back defensively. I think you hit it, Lucas, when you was talking about Bud Dupree being a difference maker this year. I agree with you, but I also want to talk about a player that we, we really haven't mentioned uh, a lot since last year, and we're talking about Christian Fulton. And what role do you see him stepping in, at least at the talking about the departure of Malcolm Butler and Adore Jackson? Do you think he's a starter next year going into training camp? I think he probably has to be, because when you look at yeah. the how young the secondary has just become, uh, in terms of corner with Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden coming in. And I love Elijah Molden. I think he can play anywhere across the secondary as a nickel corner. I think he's going to be a huge player for this team this coming fall. But the big question marks are around Caleb Farley. Will he be ready to go with the back injury? Here's a guy that would have been taken top eight, top 10, if not for those back injuries that eventually made him the third corner taken in the 2021 draft. Uh, so you have to be able to rely on Fulton, right? Because if Farley's not ready to go, then cornerback depth is a big issue with this team. You can never have too many corners. I don't know how many, how many times Mike Keith has said that to me when we bring him on to talk about this position. So if Farley is out, Fulton is a guy who has to have a breakout year. I mean, there were a couple of rookies last year for the Titans that they drafted that they still really liked that just didn't get that chance. I mean, think about Fulton and Darrington Evans. So a lot of eyes are on Fulton, and I think he's had kind of a quiet offseason. You haven't heard a lot about Christian Fulton. No. We haven't talked a lot about Christian Fulton which I find odd. So I think a lot of eyes should be on him. I don't know if they will be, but they should be on training camp because, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's a guy that could be as instrumental to whether or not this defense succeeds or fails as anybody. 
I wanted to make the joke. Jonathan Joseph's not walking through that tunnel, but Denard would probably get no. mad at me for no. it. So, <laughs> Lucas, I mean, talking about this defense, we know last year that the whole situation was, well, how are they going to look after Dean Pease announced he was retiring? We know now he's coming back out of retirement to go coach the Atlanta Falcons. But Shane Bowen now gets that official defensive coordinator tag. We realized that they thought personnel was obviously the issue, not the coaching, because you just mentioned we kind of went through that entire secondary and got new pieces. So what it, what can Titans fans probably expect to see from that adjustment? I mean, it, I know we talk about the pass rush, like it's definitely something that needs to be able to help out the secondary. But, I mean, is this secondary, in your opinion, good enough to help get the Titans back on top and repeat as AFC South champions? If it stays healthy, yes, but that, that's it's tough to say that with much conviction because of how young they're going to be, especially at the corner position. And now you got a guy in Amani Hooker that's being asked to step in in a full-time role alongside Kevin Byard as you let Kenny Vaccaro go. But as far as Shane Bowen and what this defense is going to look like, I don't think anybody has any clue. I don't think anybody knows, despite the fact that he was the, allegedly the play caller in 2020 despite not having that title, I still don't think anybody knows what a Shane Bowen look, defense looks like because uh, we don't know how much involvement he had. His biggest thing when he was named the defensive coordinator made available to media was, I have complete control now. It's like, okay, so I guess you didn't last year. Uh, I mean, and there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen there right now. Mike Brabel, uh, Jim Hazlitt, the outside linebackers coach, has been a head coach and a DC. And then, of course, uh, with Schwartz coming in, uh, who Titans fans know and love from his time in Nashville and, and most recently the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. Shane Bowen is the only guy out of that whole group, Brabel, Schwartz, and Hazlitt. He's the only guy out of that group that has never been a head coach, that has never been a defensive coordinator, and he's the youngest guy out of that whole group, and he's the defensive coordinator. He's the one calling the shots. So that dynamic, how that plays out, is going to be so fascinating to watch. Not that we're really going to get much of an inside look, uh, you know, judging by how Mike Brabel kind of runs things, but uh, just can't wait to see what kind of product they put on the field just with that whole dynamic of those four guys all in the same room. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about last year and man, Davey was talking about this was this team getting over the hump. You think about in two, 2019, they go up to KC, they lose to the eventual Super Bowl winner. They come back through 2020. They had to deal with COVID, but they was able to win the AFC South. They hosted a playoff game for the first time since 2003. Is this the year, Lucas, that we see Tennessee get over the hump and playing? and beautiful Southern California this year. You think they have I, all the pieces together? I, I think they have all the pieces if everyone can stay healthy. I do. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a lot of ifs there. There's a lot of ifs as far as Bud Dupree and Rashad Weaver with this court date in Pittsburgh. I don't anticipate that being much of an issue at this point since he was there for all of OTAs, all of minicamp. At this point, I fully expect it to be just he heads back to Pittsburgh for a couple of days, knocks out his court date, and comes back to play on Sunday. So uh, with that out of the way, I think, yeah, I think the pieces are there on paper, but will Caleb Farley right. be ready? I mean, will Molden be able to adjust in time? Will Fulton be able to have a breakout year? Will there be a pass-catching running back alongside Derrick Henry when you think about Darrington Evans? Yeah. Uh, so there's still a lot of question marks, but the pieces are as in place as they have ever been, I, I suppose. Yeah, because when you look at how close they were two years ago, again, the issue was the pass rush. Pat Mahomes was untouched for large parts of that game. They've worked really hard to to kind of to fix that. So. Uh, yes, I think the pieces are as in place as they possibly can be or as we have ever seen them. You know, in this league, in the National Football League, it stands for not for long. And yeah. you know, with the salary cap being what it is today, 
if this is a team that let's say if they don't go deep into the playoffs this year, do you see changes coming? Because that's just the way it works in the National Football League. Yeah, and you would know that certainly better than I would. Yeah, I guess it would depend on how that all shook out. Uh, because last year, the way this season ended was really peculiar, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, the Titans offense has this record-setting season. It's the best right. offense in franchise history. They get to the postseason, and it's the de- – you know, if you had told me going into that game that the Titans defense will hold Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to 20 points, I'm seeing the divisional round, right, with the way that offense played all year, uh, that wasn't the case. It was the offense that kind of let the Titans down, and a lot goes into that. Corey Davis hardly played in that game. Ryan Tannehill didn't have much help. They really did a good j- job of snuffing out Derrick Henry in that game. But the defense stepped up, so I think so- a lot of that depends on kind of how the Titans' season ends in the postseason. It's hard to say if it's a first-round exit, there will be wholesale changes. But I think uh, I, I think it, it is safe to say that uh, in terms of just if it ended in that much disappointed after a good regular season. Now, if things go well throughout the regular season, if the Titans go 11-6 and six in the 17-game campaign and then, you know, fall in a blowout in, in the divisional round or, yeah. or, or whatever, then, uh, yeah, I think there would be changes. John Robinson has shown he's not afraid to pull the plug on somebody <laughs> or pull the right. rug out from under somebody. Uh, he doesn't exactly get attached to players. If you look at his record of uh, whether or not he keeps guys after their rookie contracts are up, he doesn't do it. He, do, he, do, he doesn't do it very often. So, yeah, I, I guess that it's a long winded way to say, yeah, Denard, I guess there would be changes if they did not at least get on the doorstep, at least be in that AFC championship conversation to be able to run it back next year with some tweaks. Uh, but if they fall flat, yeah, John Robinson has shown us he'll make wholesale changes. Lucas, we've talked about the offense. We've talked about the defense. One of the questions that I think a lot of people are kind of curious right now is, is the Titans starting kicker? Is he on the roster right now? I have no idea. We haven't, we have not talked about this at all. Like it, whenever it's brought up, it's like, Hey, like, so this kicker thing, like what's, are we good here? What's going on? Like, it, it's really weird. It's the Ohio state guy, Hob, Hobbell. I'm going to butcher his name every time I say it. Blake Hobbell, I believe is his name. A uh, great kicker out of Ohio state. And then Tucker McCann, out of Missouri, who was on the team, largely practice squad player last year. That's it. That's all you got right now. And we all know, Denard, more than anybody, that will win you, that will make or break you more often than That's not right. in this league. So, yeah, man, it's if that turns out to be the Titans' biggest weakness, it'll be seen as probably a massive oversight. So I don't know if they just have a ton of confidence in these two kickers. I mean, they've seen Tucker McCann. Blake Hobile was a good kicker at Ohio State, but – I wish I had a better answer for you, man, but that's one of those things that we've all kind of looked at each other this offseason and been like, like, what, what's the deal with the kicker and why aren't we talking about it? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of go back and that was one of the things over the last, we'll say like 15 years, the Titans have been fairly consistent at as far as just having a solid kicker when you look at Baronis and then you go and having suck up for all those years. And then the last couple of years, you've just been like, like, I mean, the, the fact we still made it as far as we did in 2019 based off really not even being able to send anybody out there to kick it was was pretty amazing in and of itself and so it's just like I know that defenses are eventually going to adjust somewhat and it's like you got to be able to have somebody and I mean Goskowski had his worst career or season of his career last year so it's like just been one of those things I've been kind of been like I don't know what they're going to do and so I'm just like I'm just trying to find any answer possible there so yeah, and then seeing Ryan Suckup have an incredible season and win a Super Bowl with the Bucks doesn't make that any easier, right? Like, has any team in the NFL had more of a revolving door at kicker than the Titans over the last two years? Like, you just rattle off the names. Greg Joseph and Cody Parkey and Sebastian Janikowski and Ryan Suckup. Uh, uh, Sam Sloman, 
the hero who sent the yeah. Titans, Texans, <laughs> who made the AFC, yeah, and that win against the Texans, the AFC South champ. So it's been it's been a wild saga, and I, and I don't, yeah, I don't anticipate that kind of storyline going quietly unless they make any moves, and I don't really anticipate any moves to be made. Lucas, one of the questions that Denard and I pretty much had our major discussion around last week was in regards to who is going to be the Titans MVP this upcoming season, and who do you have as the breakout player? Just you got anybody in mind for for those two positions? Yeah. So when it comes to MVP, I'm going to try to think of it as what it is, not not just best player, because you can give that to AJ Brown or to Derrick Henry or to Ryan Tannehill or even Julio Jones, uh, but most valuable player. And I'm going to go back to Bud Dupree because Julio Jones can have a phenomenal season, and this Titans offense can somehow refresh its records that it broke in 2020. None of it matters in the grand scheme of things when it comes to winning a championship if the pass rush is not fixed. And I mean strides away from what it was, strides better than what it was last year. You can't go from 19 sacks to 25 sacks. You know, you got to get in the neighborhood of 30 sacks. They have to make such a huge leap in that respect. So I think it's Bud Dupree because you're paying that guy Shaq Barrett type money. $16.5 $16.5 million a year. And look, he earned that contract. And when you when you listen to him talk, it sounds like he knows he earned that contract and he needs to continue to earn that contract. Uh, but And I think it's a good fit culturally and all of that. I know he loves his teammates and he likes the city of Nashville and all of that. Uh, but if he can't perform and elevate this Titans pass rush, then uh, what what do we, what what'd you sign Julio Jones for? To, for the offense to continue to put up numbers and then continue to disappoint defensively and let opposing quarterbacks run around rough shots so for me he's the most valuable player and when it comes to a breakout player thinking josh reynolds but i was like you know what josh reynolds had like 600 plus yards last season he's been in the league for about four years now people know who he is i don't know if it's fair to call him a breakout player so between anthony furkser and darrington evans and i think i'm leaning darrington evans because last season he's hardly available for the titans throughout 2020 the Titans didn't really struggle with running back depth, though. Jeremy McNichol stepped up at times. Deontay Foreman stepped up at times. But you still never had that consistent pass-catching running back out of the backfield. And if Darrington Evans can provide that change of pace, then I think that could just add a whole other element to this offense. So he's a guy that the Titans really loved when they drafted him in the third round out of App State. Speedy guy, very shifty, explosive. Uh, and he, look, make no mistake, he can run between the tackles as much as he can catch the ball out of the backfield. But he's a guy that if he stays healthy, I think will be one that maybe people will say, you know what? I forgot the Titans drafted that guy as he's having a major year playing second fiddle to Derrick Henry. So I'm going to go with Evans. Well, I like that. We actually talked last week. I had Reynolds and uh, Denard had Anthony Ferkser. So you kind of hit the name. Yeah. But when you look at Todd yeah. Downing and his time coaching the Raiders, one of the things that he was really big at was getting the running back the ball out of the backfield in the passing game. And so it's like, is that this the opportunity for Darrington Evans to step up. I mean, we've we've seen Derrick Henry before run some screens, but he's not exactly the most reliable hands in those types of situations. So it's it's one of those things to where it's like, is he going to be that third down back that you can bring in and he can slip and just make some people miss if he gets his hands on the ball. So no, I, I like that pick. I I think uh, I mean just going through your thought process right there, very sound logic. So I can't fault you there. Thought that was great, Denard. Do we do you have any more questions for Lucas before we get out of here, my friend? I really wanted to just address the mentality of this team going in 2021 because there's so many expectations uh, this year. And, you know, I continue to talk about the salary cap because it is an issue and it's something guys, they, they realize it's reality. And sometimes the mentality is 
as a player and a staff is that you got to go get it and you got to go get it now because we don't know what tomorrow may hold in this business. So I'm just anticipating, you know, what's going on as far as a team that's been there in 2019 and 2020 AFC championship in 2019 and 220, you go to the divisional championship. So it's like, where's the jump? Where do we jump to this year? So I'm just anticipating this team going far, but what happens if you don't meet those expectations? And that's what I only think I wanted to really get to get Lucas's ideal on that. Yeah. I mean, the window is as open as it's ever been, right? Because uh, you looked at last year and you felt like it was wide open because of the Clowney and Beasley additions. You felt like you were really doing the right things to, to fix the issues you had at the end of the 2019 season. Obviously, none of that worked out. Uh, but at this point, the offense should be leaps and bounds uh, in terms of personnel better. I don't know that they're going to put up better numbers just because of how good their numbers were last year. But look, if the Titans score four less points per game in 2021, that's still a damn good offense. Let's say Derrick Henry has a 600-yard regression. That's still a 1,400-yard rusher. So that's a guy still competing for an NFL rushing title. So I think you're good there. But it's defensively that 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 – in terms of the window still being open, everything hinges on that, in my opinion. And, I, and I'm kind of a believe it when I see it sort of person. And if anything, Clowney and Beasley led me to be that way, at least with this team. So if the Titans come out healthy with their young defensive back group really coming into their own early on in the season, get off to a good start like they did last year, uh, then, yeah, I think hopes are going to be sky high and for good reason. Lucas, we really appreciate you joining us here today. Before you go, can you tell the good people where they can find you? Yeah, man, it's uh, at Lucas Panzica on Twitter. Uh, I'm on from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Central, 104.5 The Zone, hanging out from 1 to 3 at least with Denard's old teammate, Blaine Bishop. Always have fun with Blaine. Uh, I'll probably chat with Blaine tomorrow, try to get some old stories. Uh, Denard, uh, it's always fun <laughs> to hear him talk about y'all's old days. We do it yeah. all the time. But uh, but no, love hang love hanging out with Blaine. He's a good teammate. I know you know that. I'm on with Buck Rising from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central. Uh, and yeah, like I said, at Lucas Panzica on Twitter, man. Appreciate you having. Uh, appreciate you guys having. For sure, man. We look to get you back on here once the season gets underway. Because I mean, Titans fans are excited. I don't know if there's been an off season where Titans fans have been this thrilled going into oh, yeah. for a long time, especially once they went out and got Julio Jones. That just kind of set things into overdrive. And so Denard and I are super excited. We know listening to you guys in the mid-state, that you're ready for it as well. But that's going to do it for us today. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. We appreciate Lucas Panzica joining the show. But you have been listening to Believe in Titans, presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at BelieveTitans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.